Hello, and welcome to this episode of Special Ed Rising, No Parent Left Behind. I'm your host, Mark Ingracia, and I have over 34 years of experience as a classroom teacher, parent coach, and advocate. This is a podcast for parents and caregivers of children along the spectrum of disabilities, but welcomes everyone interested in learning about topics from the world of exceptional needs, educational services, health and wellness, fitness, nutrition for you and your child, and more. Thank you so much for joining me. And if you like this episode, please subscribe, like, comment, and tell your friends about it. In this episode, I have the distinct honor of interviewing two impressive women behind Raising Orchid Kids. Jen Dreyer, MA, is a parent coach and education consultant who supports families and teachers of neurodivergent children. Jen has more than 20 years of experience working with children, families, and teachers in her work in both New York City and DC as a public school teacher, staff developer, and parent coach. She has two neurodivergent children. And Gabrielle Nicolet, MACCC-SLP, is a speech therapist and parent coach with more than 20 years of experience working with families of young children. She founded and currently runs Speech Kids, a private holistic speech therapy and parent mentoring practice. Together, they provide parent coaching and consultation for parents of highly sensitive children at Raising Orchid Kids. We'll learn about their work, the classes and webinars they offer, and their special approach to working with parents just like you. So wherever you are, get comfortable and get ready for a relaxed, informative, and fun Q&A with Gabrielle and Jen as we open the door to another win. Good morning, Gabrielle and Jen. How are you? Hey, Mark. Hi, Mark. Good to be here. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here. It's such a pleasure. You know, I found Jen on through LinkedIn, and Jen had talked about this conference that I, I got excited about. And then all of a sudden, I found out that the two of you were being interviewed. And uh, it was one of the few that I actually listened to um, for time, not for anything. <laughs> <laughs> but I found you two so engaging and just so real and and so accomplished that I thought, let me reach out and give it a shot. And I'm so honored that the two of you have agreed to do this. So thanks for taking the time. We love to talk about what we're going to talk about, but we mm -hmm. also just love to talk. So <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Any opportunity, we're all in. <laughs> well, that's great because I do it. I do enjoy that too. And even at nine in the morning. Uh, so this is this is really exciting because to have people who you know my my goal for the show is to just be able to share with as many people who listen to the show uh, information that they just may not have and um, you know a lot of people going through a lot of different things a lot of parents going through an array of challenges and I know that you guys address a lot of those things and and you do it in such a way that it's just so accessible that you know you're real people there's my fear of starting this podcast was I didn't want to have people who were like just above everyone else, you know, talking down to people. And so my goal is to always find people that are kind of like on the same plane. And you two have the the, the smarts and the background and the experience, but you also you connect with people so well. And that's Thank probably- you for saying that. That is something that we strive for. And so to hear it, you know, externally reinforced is is very meaningful, actually. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. And thank you for being who you are, because we can just have a conversation. And that's really what it should be about. You know, it, it kind of takes away the the drama mm -hmm. a lot for parents to, you know, going into it when 
I, I find when you meet parents for the first time and the stress that's on their face and the weight of the world that's on their face, you know, and their shoulders. And then if you just kind of come across just naturally back and forth, suddenly you see their bodies relax, you see the smiles come on their face and who knows how long that's been since that's happened. And it's just, that's, I'm finding in this end because I was in, I was in the classroom for 30 years, but finding going into the homes and things like that, that's like a whole new reward that I never really experienced before, you know? So I'm going to get to the first question. Jen, you're a mother of two boys, and one of your sons is autistic, has ADHD and OCD, and your other son manages with ADHD, and you have been a classroom teacher, um, as we said, in New York and in D.C., a staff developer, and currently a consultant and coach for parents with raising orchid kids. Gabrielle, you have a career in speech, but you also have authored several initiatives to reach those in need for from speech kids to toddler talks to partnering with Jen and YouTube channel and now a podcast. It's like, you do have a lot to say and it's fantastic. <laughs> a lot to say, that's a, a good way say. to put it. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about how the two of you found one another and the decision to begin raising Orchid kids. The history of the two of you would be great. Excellent. So whoever wants to go first. Jen, you want to take it? Sure. So, um, so Gabrielle and I met through, um, through mutual friend colleague who is a parent coach, Megan Leahy, um, who's great. And she put us, um, together cause she, I was starting this work when I realized that my son, you know, had all kinds of issues and challenges and we found him all this early intervention support that was incredibly helpful for him. Um, and I was like, wow, more people need to know about this. And I was trying to figure out ways to kind of reach more parents and let them know, you know, about like, what are the resources out there and all that. Um, and I was trying to figure out a way to kind of find my, my path forward in it, what services I could, I could provide. Um, so Megan and I chatted a bunch and she had, you know, she was kind of way ahead. She'd been doing this parent coaching business, you know, for probably a number of years before that. And I had taken a class with her in fact, as well. Anyway, mm -hmm. so she knew Gabrielle and said, you know, I, I just think that you and Gabrielle could really do some good work together. I'm going to put you together. And so it was like, you know, it was like a great blind date. <laughs> Were so... you nervous before? But listen, like we met for our first coffee. I, it was a very long coffee. Yeah. And we Big kind cup. of were like, and we should, yeah. And then we should, yeah. And this doesn't <laughs> exist. And oh my God, people need to know this and they need to know that. And so then we started meeting like once a week, pretty much. Wow. And we created this class in 2019. Um, 20, well, we rolled it out in 2020. We thought right. we, Brainchild began in 2019. And we actually right. started with also a few talks at local preschools, just yeah. about milestones and those kinds of things. And so we were thinking we would sort of start kind of in that circuit. And then we really realized that there was this need to support parents, you know, in, in a meaningful way. Mm -hmm. And and part of what we were kind of using as our sort of our, our visions um, or sort of a combination of classes that we had known about and taken, you know, one being, so there's another organization in the DC area called PEP Parent Encouragement Program that runs online classes for parents, really typically for, for parents of, of neurotypical kids. Mm -hmm primarily. Okay. Um, and um, I took like every class I could possibly take there with my, I think with my older son who, you know, later we figured out he had ADHD, but his ADHD is relatively easy to manage. And it was like a total game changer for me. But I realized that most of the stuff that was in that pep class, those pep classes I took weren't applicable to my 
my autistic son. And I was like, you know, there needs to be something like this because this is so wonderful. Like great to find community of other parents also right. raising mm-hmm. kids who are challenging in different ways. Um, and, uh, and so then when Gabrielle and I were talking, we we're like, oh, we need to make a pep class meets this other class called Hannah, <laughs> which was a class for, you know, young three, really ages three and under for kids. And it's about speech, you know, it's a, teaching kids how to talk. And it was a okay. total, I took that when Max was, my younger son was really small and it was a complete game changer for us, uh, for, for my family to, to take that class. There was this mix of like, right, like parenting class therapeutic intervention and we needed to to like smash them together because there isn't very much in that space like there are Mm -hmm. some things that parents of orchid kids and we'll we'll get to what what is an orchid kid in a second but there are some things that parents of orchid kids need to know that's not reflected in the parenting literature all the time right Um, and there are also some things that like happen in therapy that we want to only happen in therapy (laughs) right so we don't want parents to be therapists but we do want parents to be uh, compassionate, curious detectives. Mm-hmm. So how do we find that sweet spot? And so that was right. kind of the, the thing that we were developing. So then we started in person in February or March? Of no, it was March. It was literally, I think, March, March. 2020, which is our first class. Yeah. Beautiful. It's yeah, beautiful. And I think March 8th, we had like 50% of the group show up. <laughs> we were like, oh, yeah, yeah, we've got to pivot pretty quickly. But yeah. what ended up happening because of the stay-at-home uh, order is we are now completely online. Um, we still have mostly folks from the D.C., Maryland, Virginia area, but we serve folks all over the world. In fact, on Wednesday night, which was Thursday morning their time, a couple joined us from Bali. That's really so, far out, right? Yeah, right? Yeah, it's like, yeah. okay. And we've had participants from Africa, from Europe. And so mm-hmm. what that has done has has just broadened the scope. And, sure. you know, uh, the the sense of community, one of the things we really wanted when we put this class together was for parents to find their people, find their tribe, <laughs> even when it's online, you know, um, it, there is such a sense of solidarity and community. And Jen and I always tell this story. I'm sure we told it in the video that you saw, but. Within the first, and it happened again last week on Thursday, Mm -hmm. we started a new cohort. In the first 15 minutes of the class, here's what happens to everybody's shoulders. They go down, the heads start nodding, and you look around the room and everybody's nodding while the the one person is talking. And prior to that um, moment, they thought they were the only ones. Exactly, exactly. And mm-hmm. that is such a beautiful thing. Like that, like I have goosebumps just even telling you. <laughs> yeah, no, I get it. I totally get it. Yeah. Uh, there's so, there's such a sense of of um, being alone, yeah. you know, in these families. And and what also happens is that, and, and just having lived it myself with my yeah. younger son, um, where you see, you know, other people around you with, you know, the kids who were in the, the same classes of, you know, little music or whatever it is, you're like, mm-hmm oh, that is not what my experience is like. And, and, you know, and you see friends on social media posting their like curated lives. Um, And, um, (laughs) but anyway, it, there can be a real sort of sense of, of, of overwhelm as well. That just like, this is really different for me and I don't know what to do here now. And I don't know the path forward. And a lot of the messages also that we're getting from, you know, these myriad 
parenting, you know, books and and pundits and all that that are that are uh, not pundits, but you know, people who are parenting coaches and all of that, right. um, and psychologists, you know, can be confusing and don't always apply. Um, and they're, you know, I, I'm really happy to see that that it's there's more and more out there. Um, supporting parents of neurodivergent kids, neurodifferent kids, as we like to call them. No, I know. I, I love um, that term. <laughs> I um, used I used it yesterday, actually, oh, good. <laughs> for the Excellent. first time. Yeah. But anyway, but it's it's really nice that it's it's increasing, and we, uh, you know, as I always say that that you know, like a rising tide lifts all ships. Um, mm-hmm. Like your title, rising, right? We're rising. We're trying to find out the way to, you know, that we can all lift one another up and, right. and find the best ways to support our kids. Mm-hmm. Because there's no shortage of need for support, so no, so we should sure. probably tell tell the good people like what is an orchid kid? Yeah, <laughs> kind of jumped in in the middle here, and we yeah. should probably be back up. <laughs> no, um, that's okay. That's okay. The anticipation of it, you know. here, right? Oh, <laughs> yeah. listening. Yeah. Um, okay, so there's a book called "The Orchid and the Dandelion," and this was where we took our um, title of the of the organization from. So mm-hmm. Thomas Voice is a fantastic developmental pediatrician, did his research on adverse childhood experiences. And so there, what he found is basically 20% of kids respond very poorly, like more poorly than we would expect to adverse childhood experiences. And those kiddos are very sensitive to their environment. When they are given the right environmental conditions, even in the face of an adverse childhood experience, they actually can overcome it and thrive and do quite well. Mm -hmm. But in the absence of the right environmental conditions, they don't. So, and I love the orchid dandelion sort of um, imagery because we don't blame an orchid for not thriving in direct sun with too much water and um, the, you know, in the cold. Right. We know that orchids need a specific set of circumstances in which to thrive. And so likewise, we also, we don't blame the dandelion for like being all over the lawn, although we kind of do. Um, It can be pretty for a while though. It can be pretty for a while, right? But we don't expect an orchid to be a dandelion and we don't expect a dandelion to be an orchid. And so likewise, if we apply that same metaphor to our kids, it just lets us off the hook a little bit. Mm -hmm. Right, they're not all the same, nor should they be. Right, exactly. Um, and so, getting back to like, what is an orchid kid? These are kids who, and by the way, we have a really cool checklist on our website, which we'll give you the link later. Great. Um, they are more emotional than most kids. Their emotions last a really long time and are very big. They have. Um, they're sensitive to their environment, to sounds, to smells, to touch. These are the kids who hate the tags on the back mm. of their shirts, the right. seams on their socks. Um, yep. Often orchids might have some kind of sleep issue. Uh, picky eating is an orchid trait. And so whether or not these kids, Jen, fill me in, you know, fill in here, but mm-hmm. whether or not they have a diagnosis, these are sensitive kids. Right. Um, some orchids are highly sensitive people. That's a term that gets thrown around. Some orchids are autistic, but not all autistic. Well, all autistic kids are orchids, but not all orchids are autistic. How about that? Mm-hmm. 
Um, yeah. And lots of orchid kids are, are, you know, and, and I think it's, it's not like a, certainly not a diagnostic term no, right. um, <laughs> by any way, shape or form, right, right. Um, but it's, you it's know, it's just a way to understand kids whose brains struggle more than their typically developing peers to just move through the world. It's just a little harder for them to move through this kind of world built for neurotypical people, right. For right. typically developing brains. Mm-hmm. Um, it's things that, you don't think should be challenging are very challenging, right? Um, And um, the other piece that I think is important to think about to understand too, is that when we talk about these big, some some orchids have big emotions and big feelings that sometimes they're explosive. Yeah. Sometimes, which is kind of how we typically (laughs) see them. You recognize that, sure, right. Sometimes they're implosive. And those are important to pay attention, really important to pay attention to too. And some levels almost more important because they're not yelling it out to you in the way that the other child Mm -hmm. is, right? Um, And so those kids are, you know, it's just a different way of moving through the world and a different way of brains reacting to stimuli in the, in the world around them. Right. And the, and the, and the, what comes with that, the cost is the kids that kind of slip through the cracks because they're, they're implosive. So you're not recognized that you think things are okay. And they don't have the wherewithal, the ability to be able to express it. Mm-hmm. These are the these are the kids who are frozen in the classroom. Mm-hmm. They're very well behaved. They're very quiet. Um, and actually, some of these kids are the ones who are quiet and well behaved at school, and then mm-hmm. explode at home. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that can yeah. be a really interesting <laughs> situation. <laughs> yeah, there's always that dichotomy, you know, when parents say, "But I don't know." He's, he's they say he's doing fine at at school, but at home, it's a whole different story. You know what's the real story? You know who is this person? Well, he's probably both. He or she is both. You know, so how do you wrap your brain around that, and then how do you approach it? And that's what I would like to talk to you guys about too. Is you know the approach, but just stepping back for a second about you know, everybody being different, and that is also something that I think parents need to understand that looking at the person before them is looking at an individual, right? Just like they are, and. <laughs> it's a big ask, right? And Jen, you know, it's a big ask. You know, you have to be able to sacrifice yourself for what you're about to do, but you have to be able to hold on to yourself too and recognize yourself as an individual who needs, this is an individual who needs. And um, how do you guys approach that with parents? I'm just curious. That is such an amazing question. So there's two parts. One is the child being an individual, which I think that kind of gets overlooked. <laughs> Sometimes we think that we are fully formed humans. And we are going to teach you, child, how to be a fully formed human. And why aren't you listening to my lessons? That's mm-hmm. kind of where the struggle comes from, right? Right. And in point of fact, the longer I do this work and the more we, Jen and I, work with these families, it's like, no, no, your child arrived <laughs> kind of the way they are. <laughs> exactly. Right? Which is great news because guess what? It's not your fault. <laughs> but also, it's not your fault. <laughs> right? Like, right. We have influence but not control. And all the neuroscience research coming out, all of what we're learning about child development, like really drives that home. We Mm -hmm. have influence, but not control. And so much of parenting is based on control, which works really well with dandelions. Because again, dandelions will grow sideways out of the wall if they have to, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Orchids can't do that. They can't and they won't just go along to get along. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then what happens is we got to jump to the other side of the equation, which is, okay, now what are you going to do about that? Because you're right. a child who is resisting your control. 
And it's so hard we, for parents. It's so This is Fair the enough. hardest part. Yeah, right. It really yeah. is. I mean, one of the things that I always said when I kind of first came to understand that Max had, you know, had developmental delays and, you know, that when we first heard what I joked, well, not, I mean, it's a, not a joke, but I first heard the word autism. It felt like I called it the A-bomb. I was like, I felt like my stomach just like, yeah. you know, all of a sudden was in my mouth. Like I was like, oh my God, I, mm -hmm. you know, um, and we figured it out with Max early. So there's also that, you know, I think yeah. where you find it in your trajectory kind of also changes. I mean, it's it was like, point. We heard the word autism first when he was, you know, it wasn't an official diagnosis, but it was sort of that PDD-NOS, which is pervasive developmental delay, not otherwise specified, which is sort of an umbrella <laughs> term back then. Yeah. He's 11 now. So, um, but I, I, I think there's so much of it that feels totally overwhelming. And there is an element of it where you really have to mourn. It's like a loss. Mm -hmm. It's a loss of an image. It's like very similar to me in that the my father passed away in 2004 and I, I felt like, oh, this is a really similar process for me of grieving. I'm grieving the loss of an image I had of what my child was going to be like. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you go through all those stages, right? Where you go through the guilt, right? What did I eat when I was pregnant? <laughs> and then, you know, you go wow. through the guilt, you go through this, the denial, you go through the sadness, you go through, you know, all of the stage, the anger, right? Why me? Why is this happening to us? What did I do to, you know, deserve this? Yeah. Meanwhile, I'm like, I have the most lovely human for a child. I'm thrilled <laughs> that me, right? I have my child that I have. But, you know, at the time it feels very overwhelming and you just go yeah. through all those feelings. Um, and then you come out on the other side, finally to that place of acceptance. But then at that point, you then like need to navigate a lot of complicated stuff. So it's hard. It's really hard. Mm -hmm. And so I think finding, holding that space for parents to be able to just acknowledge that, right? That this is hard. This is where we are. And really the hardest part about it is just that acceptance piece. This is who's in front of me. This is who I need to take care of. I can't take care of a child who I wish were in front of me or who I thought was going to be in front of me. Right. I have to take care of the child who's there. And that is actually hard for a lot of parents to really get to. And this is, we spend a lot of our time in our classes helping parents sometimes, you know, some parents get there more quickly than others. Mm -hmm. um, some parents arrive to our class fully there, but Ready. just the practical strategies. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, the other piece too, I think that you sort of alluded to a little bit is this, what we call the goodness of fit, right? And sometimes there are some parents who, you know, may or may not have ever, you know, they may be neurodivergent themselves and have no idea, right? Absolutely. They may have sensory sensitivities and be sensory averse, like loud sounds make them really cringe and feel upset mm -hmm. and, uh, and trigger them. And they have, you know, a very big, loud neurodivergent child. Right. <laughs> um, and so those things can really happen. And so part of it is just acknowledging, like, what do I, a, what are my needs as a parent? Right. right? What are my kids needs? What do I need to do to take care of my needs and fill my cup as much as I can in order to be able to best show up for the kid who's in front of me? Mm -hmm. So those are some of the things we try to teach parents to develop their awareness about, and then also, you know, follow through on what they need. Yeah. Two things. There's a, there's a mindfulness component to that, right. And knowing yourself and recognizing who's in front of you and how to relate to that person. But also when I speak to parents who are, their plate is full and you say, you know, it's important to remember yourself and they kind of, they scoff at it. It's like, yeah, wouldn't that be great? Do you have any kind of suggestions for them or how do you approach that? 
(laughs) 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 in 30 second chunks is the answer. Um, You know, the the term self-care is overused and trite. And so we haven't really found a better one, but the point is, um, we teach a couple of like little neuro hacks and actually I can give you one right here. One of the things right. that activates your, and I always get it wrong, Jen, is it the parasympathetic, parasympathetic nervous system, parasympathetic nervous system, which is the one that calms you down, mm-hmm. which by the way, spoiler alert, really what we're teaching in our classes is how to stay calm and <laughs> what mm-hmm. to do if you can't stay calm so that you can get calm. Right. <laughs> Because literally, uh, that's, that's the, the tool. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of the only tool. Okay. But if you rub your fingertips together, and this is something I learned at um, from Shamin, no, Shirzad Shamin, who is the developer of positive intelligence. He has neuroscience-based calming tips. You rub your fingertips together so as you can feel all the ridges. There are also, you can do tapping. There are some physiological things that parents can do in the moment. Like mm-hmm. literally, if your child is screaming at you, you can do the finger rub or the or the palm rubs yeah, together. This palm, palm, kind of stroking your palms up and down, like like as if you were like, uh, who's that character? Who's like, yeah. <laughs> but you don't have to say that. Every character that has done <laughs> that. Austin Powers. Says yes, Austin Powers. Thank you. I, was, yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't. Yeah. But just this rubbing of your hands up. And in fact, it was one of our, the, the people in our, in our membership who came through our classes. She's, she told us the story about how she was in target and her daughter was having like a huge, massive meltdown. And she just took a deep breath and started rubbing her hands like this right in front of her daughter. She was there. So the daughter wasn't doing, but the daughter was yelling and crying. And the mom was just, <laughs> and she said, I think people thought I was completely insane. Yeah. I was really calm. Oh, that's and wonderful. <laughs> I was able to be there for my daughter and, you know, and, and the, the meltdown didn't last that long because I didn't engage. Exactly. That's, that's the key. The thing. That's, that's the key. The- that is yeah, and the pressure right. when others are watching you is to engage because you don't, you're embarrassed, you feel, oh my gosh, you know, you don't want to be bothering people, all those things, right? And so <laughs> to have the wherewithal and the mindset, and you really do need somebody to guide you, really do. I, I You know, innately, this doesn't come to most people, not, yeah. not just the practice of rubbing your hands together, but just the idea of being calm in a moment when normally I just react, right? How well, am I going to respond a, in that moment? Yeah, it's against our neurobiology. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Like mirror neurons are a thing. Like, yeah. They will start firing immediately, particularly when it's your child having a hard time. It that is activating of the like, oh my God, the dingo is coming to <laughs> eat my baby. Right. <laughs> right. And so once parents, once we understand, and this is part of 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 like where we're going with with the whole message too, is like it makes perfect sense. Nothing has gone wrong. Everything is working exactly as it's supposed to be working. It's just that your child is not actually in danger. And so now we're walking it back and doing the cognitive override and then also the neurophysiological override if we can, so that we can get calm and centered and remember to, you know, to take care of what's in front of us here. Right. It's such a great point. Part of what we teach in class is nobody has any control over other people's behavior right and so the only person we can really deal with is ourselves that's i mean and that's kind of underneath the underneath right is like right. your child one of, we're about to start teaching um the abc's of behavior right so antecedent behavior consequence mm-hmm. we stay so far away from consequences for the 
for like oh, gosh, yeah. five weeks of class, we do not talk about consequences hmm. because everybody wants to know how do I consequate? What yes. is, what's the consequence for the behavior? No, 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 no. <laughs> but yeah. it's a retroactive thing, right? It doesn't do it doesn't do you a lot of good. That's not the most effective lever to push. The most mm-hmm. effective levers to push are before so right. that we enable a different set of choices. One of the things that um, one of the like underlying premises of what Jen and I teach and really like 100% believe is the Ross Green um, quote, children do well when they can. And if they're not doing well, this is what we say, there's a reason and we mm-hmm. need to figure it out. Right. They need, they don't have the skills. They're lacking the skills to do better or they're lacking the support to do better, right? Like it could mm-hmm. be like, they just need something to cover their ears so that they're not right. screaming at the sound. Um, there, you know, there could be all kinds of things. One of the things that we also always, one of my favorite quotes that I got from one of the pep, uh, pep leaders I, I worked with, I love that this idea that we really do our worst parenting when we are parenting for other people, right? When I am parenting and making the parenting choices I'm making for like the like woman who's next to me in the supermarket line, who's like rolling her eyes at my child having a hard time. Right. Or for, you know, my, my mom who thinks that we should all, you know, have dinner a certain way or, you know, something like that. Right. Mm -hmm. So, so when we are making our parenting choices, not based on either our own set of values or our own child, who's right in front of us, it does not tend to go well. It's true. And, you know, there's parents who have certain belief systems, you know, what? There's parents who feel what I find interesting is the parents that can't delineate between their first child who was neurotypical, developed, mm-hmm. went to college, and then they have this 13-year-old autistic kid and they're not following the same path. They're not behaving the same. And they have a really difficult time being able to manage that that difference. Do you come across that? And do you have any suggestions for people? This is the thing about dandelions. They make us feel like really great parents. Mm-hmm. They, yeah. they give us the illusion. They give us the illusion that we are doing something that allows them to have this easy, easy life, which, mm-hmm. okay, total myth. They're going to go to college. They're going to do all kinds of crazy things that we shouldn't know about. And they're going to make choices that we don't agree with. But what tends to happen with dandelions is we have to confront that reality much later. And it feels I don't know, probably easier in some ways because now they're like, they're cooked and they're adults and, and, but, you know, think of all the, think of all the mother-in-laws in in the world who hate their daughters-in-law or are, have a problem with the choice of wife that their son makes. It's a similar version of you don't behave in school. You're not Mm -hmm. doing what I want you to do. Mm -hmm. And so Orchid raisers, as we call the parents who who are doing this work, like you just you confront this early and often. Right. And so it is it is a continuous, if we see it this way, it's a continuous invitation to remember that you do not control your child. Right. But it's so hard. Oh, it is. I mean, people want mm-hmm. control and really control in itself is kind of a myth. <laughs> you know, because Ooh. we can yeah. set things up the way we want. We can make all the plans in the world, but it doesn't guarantee it's going to happen that way. So, yeah. you know, we can make choices but we really don't have the control. And one of the things that we always say to parents is that when we do the ABCs, um, is that we always say the B, the behavior, is the one thing that you have zero control over. You do not have control over a child's behavior. You can have a little bit of control over the antecedent. Mm -hmm. You can have a little bit of control over the consequence, what happens after. 
right? But you can't, that's the one thing that is a hundred percent in that child's purview. Like that is what they can do. Right. And that you, whatever you do, <laughs> you know, whatever you do before and yeah. after might shift that a little bit, but like, while it's happening, like you can't control that. And we have mm-hmm. to get to that place where we're accepting that, you know, they're, that's the way their brain is working. And they are, you know, that behavior is also telling us something. And if we right. can shift, that's the other big thing that we coach parents to do is to shift your your understanding of behavior as something that you're trying to control and mitigate to mm-hmm. something that is just giving us information, right. right? So using it as a source of information that tells you about what's happening internally mm-hmm. to your child. And then we can figure out, okay, now that I know this is happening, what can we do to like help when that, A, when that happens again, inevitably, or mm-hmm. when an analogous situation happens in that inevitably, um, or, you know, what can we do right now in the moment when it happens and what can we do, you know, so, so we're really thinking about those things in a completely different way. And it really shifts the energy around how we see behaviors and how we understand the smaller person. Mm-hmm. Sometimes when we can <laughs> uncouple, um, our child's behavior from our own, like when we understand that those are two different things, now we have all of the power back, right? Because we understand where we end <laughs> and where our influence ends. And um, I like to say, it's, I don't know if it, it makes sense to other people, it makes sense to me. Like we want to be exquisitely unattached to the outcome of any situation. And that is, again, hard work. Oh my gosh. Wanna, right. <laughs> And really that is everything <laughs> right there, because yes. if you can detach, then you can deal. Right. So go ahead. I'm sorry to interrupt, but it's just no, like, no, no. That's, that's exactly. And like, that is the work. It's like, yeah. get unattached to the outcome, stay calm. Like, okay, Gabrielle, great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, but dinner time is a flipping mess at my house. Yeah. Okay. Well now we're back to like, why is it a mess? Well, because we have some expectations about how people are going to behave and they're not behaving that way. And now we've got conflict Mm -hmm. versus here's how my child is likely to behave at dinner. And here's what I'm going to do about it. Right. And And that was, you know, now we have peace about it. You know, there's general societal understandings of what behavior, what acceptable behavior is. And then there's the person in front of us. And if we can understand what is acceptable behavior for this individual, right? We're not crossing a line to where we don't want to hurt somebody, et cetera. But certain behaviors are, that's who this person is. And those are acceptable things not to get excited about. The other thing I was just going to say to add on to that was, um, so 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 much of this, I mean, I'm also a yoga teacher, so which I've been doing on the side for many years and it just like helps keep me grounded and all that. But um, I was going to ask you about that, right? um, But I, uh, so much of it, comes really like a lot of this is sort of Buddhist, right? Like if we could all just become little Buddhists, we would have <laughs> so a true. much more peaceful, peaceful life. Um, but uh, one of the things that, that, um, that I also joke, like alongside of like, you know, parenting for yourself, tattoo that on your arm, not for other people. Right. Um, the other one that I also like to say is, is really just take care of what's in front of you. Now I went to a meditation retreat and a, the meditation teacher, um, had us do some like individual sessions with her uh, and she's a mom, but she's um, has a neurotypical child. And she um, she's a Zen Buddhist priest. Uh, and she, in this meeting with her, I said, my, I think my son was four, Max was like four at the time. And I asked, I said, I feel really overwhelmed, but I have an autistic child. I, I don't, you know, I'm worried all the time. 
And she said, you know, I don't know what it's like to raise an autistic child, but I will just give you this one piece of advice. Just take care of what's in front of you. And I was like, oh, and she said it in this way that was just like, and, and she's like, and take care of what's in front of you without judgment. That's my favorite. That's one of my favorite quotes. I have a written on my refrigerator. Oh, yeah. Um, and so I was in front of you. And what was amazing was um, it's this beautifully Buddhist thing that it's complicated and and deep at the and complicated and simple at the same time right um it's deep it's yeah. that's heavy right like that's oh, really sure. hard it's a lot of unpacking to do to do that but i came home from that retreat and like four days later my older son came home with lice <laughs> it's like oh <laughs> well we're gonna just try this out right off the bat and go for it i just took care of what was in front of me right there without judgment i didn't bemoan my fate i just like combed and combed and combed and combed. <laughs> um, <laughs> um so that one is another one that I think kind of just speaks to that, like how we can just remind ourselves that like, okay, I'm just, what what are the needs of the situation right now? What do I right. need to do right now to make the situation work a little bit more smoothly? Um, and then we also think a little bit about preparing for the future, which is, you know, sort of a second track. Um, but yeah. especially when things feel overwhelming, that take care of what's in front of you is really important. Mm -hmm. And it's like the stimulus response instead of reacting, right? There's, there's take care of what's in front of me. Just let's focus on the here and now and our emotions and our feelings in that moment, they're real. And let's process them a little bit, take a little bit of break, step back a little bit and then approach. And, and I think that too is something that is really important for parents to understand that their reactions are normal. You know, I have a parent who's the, the child wouldn't leave they wanted to leave, wouldn't leave. It's time to go. I have something for you outside. Oh, okay. What do you have for me? Nothing. You know, that's so dangerous to me, right? Because it's like, you're, you're really, really jeopardizing the trust between the two of you, but you know, yeah. 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 I just felt that. I was like, oh, that was so smart of that parent to have something to give them outside. Yeah, like, ah. exactly. <laughs> and I said, you know, I totally respect where you're at in that moment, you know, but at the same time, person's not equipped Right. And so that's yeah. the job, your job and my job is to help equip these parents. And, mm -hmm. and that's what I find so rewarding is being able to bring that to them. And, and, you know, your mission is so beautiful and, and heartfelt. Do you, I'm, I'm sure you must have people that come back after they connect with you. I know that you have your program where you have your classes, the classes that you teach, you do have follow-ups, right? So, yeah. because initially I was wondering, did you ever meet in person? But really it's it's virtual, but you still do follow-ups with people beyond the, the class, correct? We do, we have a membership. Once you've come through the, the what we call the core course, which is the practical strategies class, um, you have the opportunity to come into the membership, which is an ongoing, you know, mm -hmm. monthly or yearly. We have meetings, webinars, meetups. There's a Facebook group, you know, there, there's lots of opportunities for, um, community and a growing Great. library of resources. Yeah. People... So our members, we meet, we have two kind of meetings a month and, and whoever can come comes and, um, and it's sort of just like a ongoing support group where we just share our wins and then brainstorm, you know, any issues that are coming up for people we help problem solve. Share wins. I, that, I love that. I mean, I have, a, that's part of the, my podcast. It's like, you know, this good news community share. It's like, and, and each podcast is about, let's go for another win. Right. You know, so getting these parents to understand that there have been a lot of successes mm -hmm. and to be able to focus on the successes and not just the negatives. It's like, 
wow, you got to stop and think us when you're in the fray, right? You're not a mad, you're not thinking about those things, but stop and think about one story that happened. It's like, wow, you know, something to build off of. We did it last night, yesterday in the, in the, um, in our class, we always start with wins. And I point it out every time because I want people to understand the power of it. The yeah. whole energy of the zoom room changes. You can see it. You can mm -hmm. feel it. When you are practicing those wins, there's a neurological change that happens and it's beautiful and it yeah. feels great. <laughs> so like, why wouldn't we want to put ourselves in a good mood? Like there's no downside there. Right. <laughs> right? And, right. Yeah. And as we also say that, like, you know, where the, the grass grows, where you water it. Right. And so it, if you see I love all the, the sayings wind, that you two have. Oh, you know, I'm like a... <laughs> like a walking like a <laughs> quote maker but you yeah, need to just have a page her. of that on your website just all your sayings i know people need to have a lot of tattoos but they kind of <laughs> i was gonna them. say you're covered <laughs> you're like memento you're just <laughs> like <laughs> <laughs> um but but that idea that you know that that really when you start to focus on the wins one you notice them more and two when you notice them more they just grow because that's the yeah. energy you're putting there right and so you're noticing them you're feeling good about them you're you know you're sort of lending that that energy you're putting that energy into them um, right. and the kids see you notice it it's just a different it really you bring a whole different kind of energy and attitude towards things that, right. that change the outcomes of things do you when you talk about you know structuring a day for parents do you talk about that kind of stuff like setting up schedules for kids and and routines and things like that can you talk about that just a little bit if you do we do um yeah. we offer some general principles lots of visuals <laughs> um we talk a little bit about executive functioning um mm -hmm. and how that's impacting the fact that it's not a verbal skill it's a visual skill so the less talking the more more seeing the better um, and yeah, we do, particularly in our, in our membership groups and the ongoing support, we actually tweak, like there are times when a simple change, like, oh, I'll give you the example. We had a family who was having a lot of struggles getting dressed in the morning mm -hmm. and we, Jen and I could have come up and we did come up with several ideas, but guess what? They came up with their own idea. In fact, the child came up with her own idea of, couldn't I go to bed in my tomorrow clothes? Mm -hmm. And so guess what? She takes a bath, she puts on her clothes for the next day, and nobody's fighting about getting dressed in the morning. <clears throat> wow. Problem solved. And she came up with it on her own. That's, Correct. you know, she has ownership there. Yeah. That's I think some of it way. is just being able to to think out of the box a little bit, right? Is yeah. to just think about, you know, the, the solutions that we, there's no reason we have to sleep in pajamas. <laughs> um, <laughs> right, exactly. Right. right. Um, <laughs> we had a parent who also was had this big, challenge with her son because he didn't want to um he didn't want to brush his teeth and so he had to like you know because she didn't have the right toothpaste she bought the wrong flavor yeah. toothpaste and it was mm -hmm. this big ended up being this like huge and you know brushing the teeth was like you can't not brush your teeth right and so I was saying well okay like if he was clear that this was the toothpaste why couldn't maybe just for tonight until you can go get the right toothpaste maybe tonight we just brush our teeth without toothpaste mm -hmm. and you just do that Right. And it was like, oh, like, oh. you know, that was not even something that was like on, on, their radar, on the radar, right? On the radar <laughs> that, that was even an option. But sometimes it's like, okay, we need to just find the solution. What's the way forward here? And we need to also recognize like right now he can't brush with that toothpaste. That taste mm -hmm. is going to really, I know for you, you're like, not a big deal. Just like, it's a different toothpaste flavor. What's the big, 
whoop, you know? Yeah. But the big whoop is that like, it's going to make his brain completely explode. Exactly. Right? Yeah. And so again, who's in front of us, right? Mm -hmm. What do they need right now in this situation? And how can I just take care of what's in front of us, right? What's in front of me? Absolutely. And knowing that it's okay to let go of what your mm -hmm. perceptions of how things should be and that we need to do that too, right? We need to take into consideration. Like if I, if I don't like a flavor of ice cream, you're not going to force me to eat that flavor of ice cream, right? I'll go without the ice cream that day, you know? And we have to understand that the same for these kids. Yeah. We give a lot of permission slips in our class. <laughs> it's great. We give a I lot love of that. permission slips. Yeah. <laughs> do you get physical per permissions? Yeah, I okay. actually, we do, do. We write them a permission slip at the end. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> is it for one time or is it for like every time? I don't know. Comes? It has a list of, like... of options and then a space for them to put their own permission. And <laughs> it's a, it is a, it is a universal get out of jail free card. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. I, I, I could talk to you guys all day. This is so easy. I could talk to you guys all day. I, yeah. <laughs> I, um, I was going to ask for favorite quotes, but Jen, now you've given me two or three. It's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> you got them in. So speaking of wins, um, is there a story that you both experienced, whether it's personally or through your work, that you'd like to, that maybe you could share with the audience something really positive to give some parents, you know, that little bit of a, a boost and uh, wake up this morning, maybe not feeling so great, but then when they hear this, maybe gives them a little, little jolt positivity. I have a family in mind. Do you, Jen? You go ahead. You do yours. Okay. <laughs> so we had a family come through, um, who's still in the membership, whose son is autistic. Both parents came through the course. And then the grandmother, who is also a, a caregiver came to the class Oh wow! at a, at a different cohort. And to watch this family's growth and, and here's what they did. They showed up fully. They invested sort of in all of the caregivers in their family, but they also come to every meeting and they participate in every meeting. And just to watch their evolution from um, kind of uh, very torn, very um, conf it's not that it was very, well, pretty conflict ridden. Mm -hmm. um, and then to watch them just get really clear on like, what is it that the child needs? What is it that I need? That was the other piece of that they're doing really well with right now. Mm -hmm. um, mom just went away on a trip. Oh, it's great. I love that. It and then they did this incredible <laughs> um, workaround where she recorded, they read together at night and she recorded um, herself reading and then sent it for bedtime. Like, there were just all of these modifications and accommodations that they are now able to make that they didn't even know they could or should before. Um, I think they're they're like, you know, poster children. <laughs> yeah, um, I remember he had another great quote that the dad had a great quote that we're going to put in that I'm going to add to our, our quotes here for today that he Good. said that he realized with his son, and this was around bedtime. They said, you know, sometimes I really realized that we have to move slow in order to move fast. And, That's you know, beautiful. I had to slow things down. I had to stop rushing him. I had to stop like, this is how it goes. And once I stopped doing that, everything goes more smoothly and more quickly, mm. right? We don't have explosions. We don't have, right. once I let go a little bit, I don't know. So anyway, so this, yes, yeah. really wonderful to see. And I think some of what I think is really beautiful about how that, the evolution that we've witnessed is how you shift from 
kind of not knowing what to do and feeling overwhelmed by all of it to just having so much of it be like second nature, like, oh, I'm going to go on a way on a trip. Okay. What are some of the things I need to think about in order to mm-hmm. support my son? Let me think I need to, you know, like record a couple of things like, oh, we're reading this book together. Why don't I do this? And so it's all of these things that just start to become just your natural parenting go-to strategies mm-hmm. um, that don't feel so much like onerous and work and overwhelming. It's just like, right. oh yeah, okay, this is what I've got to do. And we're going to do that. And that's going to go well. Right. Um, because it's the new norm, right? Mm-hmm. It's right. like you've retrained how you look at this. That's and that's right. what I tell parents too. It's like it, all the work is up front. You know, once mm-hmm. you can establish, then it becomes the way of life. And then you're not even thinking about it. You're just doing it. And that to get to that point, obviously, you know, parents are like, it's like, okay, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. we got to hunker down for a little bit. But it's interesting when you talk about learning slowly to learn to be faster, right? And I, you know, I found that with the guitar, just go slow with the chords, really, Mm because, you know, you want to go, (laughs) (laughs) you know, but you go slow and that's when it picks up. And when you, when I was just thinking about the second, we learn at a certain pace, everybody learns at their own pace, right? But I think when information comes in and we have time to process it, then, you know, things can start to pick up in life. Um, yep. So how many quotes is that today? I, I don't know. I, I have another That's one a, in my back pocket, but I'm not going to, I'm going to hold it back. Okay. <laughs> we're, we're cruising to a record here, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly for this show, for sure. <laughs> Let's, you know, maybe we can come back another time and continue to talk because this is, uh, this, is fan- this is fantastic. And there's so many ways we could go with this. Maybe what we can do is just kind of maybe to wrap it up, you can give me a little bit of what you're both doing now together and separately that maybe you can, you'd like to promote. Yeah. Um, if people want to learn more, they can go to raisingorchidkids.com. So that's the first thing. Um, we have lots of stuff going on there. They can find out about dates. They can get a weekly newsletter with ideas and things to do. Um, in the summer, Jen and I are likely to be running some kind of mini course. We're not going to run our signature program, but we are going to run a mini course. So stay tuned for that. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, right now we're kind of in the middle of, of a core course and it's it's just delightful. It's a, it is always, we always say this every single time. We're like, this is our best group ever. Yeah. <laughs> and we really yeah, mean it. It's yeah, like, I know you do. I know. Yeah. Fantastic. Like, I know the is, feeling. After every call, we're just like, this is such good work that is helping people. Like it just feels really good for us, but it yeah. also, we see the benefit on their end. Anyways. It's I, so rewarding. No, but it is so rewarding. Go all day long about this. Mike. No, I know it's a passion and I love the passion that you have. And I think that's why another thing that drew me to the two of you, because, you know, I'm passionate too about what I do and, and just to find people, good people with, um, you know, open kind hearts that are willing to take the time to understand people who they yes. don't know, they don't know another way. Yeah. And right. so to yeah. be able to take the time to be able to help them, the, yeah. I don't think there's anything better. And, uh, uh, we, have, we offer, so our class, our core course is eight weeks online on Zoom. And then we also offer for those who come through it, as we mentioned before, we have a membership. Um, we also, in the so for the membership, people can pay by the month or pay it by the year. And okay. they um, can get access to our twice. We have, we have support group meetings twice a month and we have um, webinars that we offer to them for free. So members get to go for free. We also offer webinars to, to the general public or former class, okay. you know, people who come through our classes just for, for cost. And we also have recorded webinars um, on our website as well. You know, if you want to access that. 
Um, yeah, I do. And I, we had spoken because I said, I'd love to take the court, the, cl the class and it's not for me. <laughs> right? It's just for parents, unfortunately. Yes. Yeah. Uh, we're pretty strict about that. Like, you know, I, we do have contact with, with professionals who are like, they really want to know. And, and we don't allow that. Mm -hmm. Um, it's for parents. It's a safe space. Um, I away love that. from, I do respect away that. from fantastic. the world. Yeah. 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 Um, but the Facebook group is free and you can mm -hmm. come in there. Okay. Um, yeah. That's great. Raising Orchid Kids on Facebook. If you're, okay. if you're on there. Yeah, no, I would love to. Yeah. I, I'd never, I'm on Facebook. I rarely oh, ever open it up. <laughs> but, yes. but for I'm you, I will. All right. <laughs> <laughs> we have a good time in there. We do a lot of wins in there. That's a really yeah. good place to practice your wins. That's awesome. So. That's awesome. Jen, anything else you'd like to end? You teaching um, yoga? Do you teach yoga at all? At this I do point, teach or? yoga. Yeah, I teach. Yeah. <laughs> I teach a couple of hybrid classes and I teach three classes a week, um, okay. which is great. Um, at a studio called Circle Yoga and at a new studio called Well and Wonder. Nice. Um, and uh, I also do some work for Pat Parent Encouragement Program, so uh, which is another great resource. Great. Um, again, not I, I do the stuff sort of on their like neurodivergent. <laughs> Parent, parenting neurodivergent kids mm -hmm. um, expert there. Um, so I've done webinars for them on executive functioning and things like that that are also available there. Uh, yeah, and we actually, and Gabrielle and I did recently, we're going to run it a few times a year, I think maybe twice a year, uh, our siblings. We did a course for siblings, which we're excited oh, about. Oh, that's huge. Um, for yeah, siblings so big. Neurodivergent kids. Um, yeah. Neurotypical or, you know, some people have more than one orchid. So mm -hmm. uh, we didn't, sort of specify necessarily, but it, it, and it works for, for both, but it went really well the first time we ran it. So we're excited to, to do that again. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. That's an area that definitely needs a lot of attention. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because kids get, they, they get put in the background a lot and they're feeling like, you know, where's, where am I in this picture? You mm -hmm. know? So that's yeah. really, really challenging. And then you see these kids that just connect with their, their siblings and it's, you know, they, they take care of them and it's, it's a beautiful mm -hmm. relationship. So, yeah. so social media is Facebook, um, your website, on Instagram, Instagram, at Raising kids, raising underscore orchid underscore kids. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, just to, you know, you can make find things. us on LinkedIn. We're all over the place. Yeah, We're all over the place. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And um, if people want to check out the complicated kids podcast, they can do that. Of course they're, you're on special ed rising here. Um, but Mark, you're going to come on complicated kids, right? You just let me know when. Okay. I'll I will be there. Link. Yeah, I heard the first episode and I, I thought it was fantastic. And I think you're such a really talented interviewer too, because you do draw people in to be relaxed and comfortable. And and just like this, this has Thank been you. such a wonderful experience and I'm so grateful. I was really looking forward to it and it turned out to be okay. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> so I can't thank you two enough for taking the time uh, to do this. Really, it's just, uh, I'm in a place with this that I nearly never dreamed I'd be. And um, be I'm learning so much and I'm meeting so many amazing people. And this is just kind of just a step up by meeting the two of you. So thank you. Thank you for having thank us. Thank you for having us. Yeah, this My pleasure. Been really, really fun. Thank you. Okay, you guys take care and I'll talk to you down the road. Yeah, when I'm down in Maryland, well, I'd love to <laughs> catch up. Yeah. Bye. Okay, Bye. take care. Bye-bye. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. And I want to, again, thank Gabrielle and Jen for being on the show. And I want to thank you for listening to this episode. And I hope you'll join me each week to hear about topics new to you or close to your heart. 
I hope this podcast might inspire you to face your days more confidently, stirring a greater sense of self-love, mindfulness, and outpouring of goodness and positive role modeling for your children, while remembering to attend to the areas of your own mental, physical, and if you're inclined, spiritual health, enabling you to be all you hope to be for them. All music heard on today's show comes from Jason Shaw at audionautics.com. Remember to follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at Special Ed Rising and on my website, specialedrising.com. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to rate and review the show wherever you get your podcasts and tell your friends. You can contact me directly with questions, comments, or if you're interested in parent coaching through my email, specialedrising at gmail.com, or my contact pages on Facebook or my website. If you'd like to share some of your success stories with the audience, please send them to my email. Let's show the world what's possible. Also, let me know if there's anything you'd like to learn more about. And until next time, peace and keep rising.